everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the podcast, Free to a Good Home. My name is Michael Hing, and joining me, as always, is a man who recently went viral based on the jokes of The yeah. Simpsons. It's Benjamin <laughs> Jenkins. Hello, Ben. How are you? God, what a uh, what a brutal introduction that is. <laughs> hey, Hing, can I ask? <laughs> can I ask? And uh, and you can be honest with us because you know mm. all friends here. That intro sounded a lot to me before you got to before you got to my thing. Like you'd mm. forgotten what podcast you were recording. Yeah, you sort of well, you started very very confident, and then you just threw in a completely unnecessary the podcast called, which well, you are I listening was, to, which I will get to momentarily. Thinking we could have been um, uh, recording one of our Patreon episodes, and I wanted to make ah. sure we weren't. But the reason I knew we weren't, Ben, the reason I knew we were recording a regular mm-hmm. Freedom of Good Home episode is because we are joined today by a, I think, like three or four time guest now, basically a regular co-host of sorts. Um, well, all hang the way, on. let's not. Well, Okay, Let's sorry. not elevate Actually, him to you know my appearance. We... He shouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he's a, he's, a, he's a delightful podcaster in his own right, uh, all the way from, I want to say, Auckland, New Zealand, in the same way that I tried to guess Guy Montgomery's uh, location and offended him by doing it. It is Tim Bat. Hello, Tim. How are you? Hang, I'm great. I'm happy to report I am delightful and in Auckland. And even if you got it wrong, I'm not going to be a dick about it, unlike Guy Montgomery, that piece of shit. <laughs> no, he said he said he was reporting, uh, the, the guy was reporting from the very bowels of hell itself. So yeah. you can see why Guy got pissy about that. Christ yeah, I described uh, Guy Montgomery <laughs> as, um, I think, fighting for the prophet in uh, the mm-hmm. Levant, I think I described it as. I think he yeah. joined ISIS or something, and then he got very wow. snippy about that. Yeah. Mm. that is classic him do you reckon because guy is an improviser really at heart i feel like i feel like it's kind of in his marrow do you reckon if we started like a thing that we said that he was satan's own podcaster and we really tried to make that stick (laughs) that he'd that he'd kind of that he'd kind of yes and that uh, to the point where (laughs) you think it's going to be sweet because guy's such a fun loving dude and he does so much improv but every time i introduce him on stage when we're doing lineup shows and i'm hosting we 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 were both doing it for a while and he stopped doing it, but I still do it to him. I give him the worst introduction I can think of. So I'm like, <laughs> your next act is, is um, listen, he's just started comedy and he hasn't quite realized that he doesn't have the chops yet. But if you would be kind enough to indulge yeah. this next guy for 12 minutes, I'd be grateful. <laughs> Here is an awful man called Guy Montgomery. And he comes on and he's no longer kind of rolling with it the same way he sure. used to. Just get, yeah. You know what you should do next time? You should say that he's somebody who went viral because of jokes from The Simpsons. There. That's how you take a guy down. Um, you know, I helped with those jokes from The Simpsons, though. Yeah, you did. I helped with that. I mean, not, so. not, not, sorry, let's be clear. Not when they were written back in the no, 90s. You had no. very little to do with that. You, you, so for those of you who don't know, I, I, was uh i've just put together a thing for my newsletter of just asking all the funny people i knew what their favorite simpsons gag was just thought it'd be a nice thing for people to read Mm. and um it it rendered my twitter basically unusable for at least a day and a half and i don't know why i didn't foresee this but like if it got any traction at all the way it was going to get traction was by people being like what about this joke what about that joke Mm. Um, which I can't be mad about. You know what I mean? Like I shouldn't be upset about it, but yeah, here I am. Nah, man, you're operating on like derivatives market of comedy now. So things are going to swing wildly. The credit default swaps of the... Exactly. Um, Hey, if if you were to go viral uh, twice in your life though, Ben, the secondary thing you potentially would uh, go viral for is a new podcast series that you have promised, uh, that you and I have promised <laughs> to do if our Patreon reaches um, a certain amount of money. Which we did is... promise. And, do you, and do, do you know what's funny, Hing? Mm. When we promised that, I made a little note because when we're doing pods now, I just make little notes for edit points just on mm. a little piece of paper. Um, and when I said if we reach a certain point on Patreon and, and gave that number as, as $1,500 a month, um, that we would make a, a limited uh, multi-part series about uh, the McDonald's land extended universe. Yes. Um, I made a note that said, take out question mark, um, because I d- didn't really want to commit ourselves to doing that. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. Well, um, but you see, what, I, happened I, is, I, what, what happens is, Hing, I, I lost that piece of paper and I put <laughs> it out on the internet and, um, and now we're committed to doing it. So, Tim, we did a Patreon exclusive episode that really did a, our first deep dive into the mcdonald's land law um uh, what is i think we 
I, I'm sure you had this in New Zealand. Do you remember when McDonald's used to have a whole associated cast of characters? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not just the Hamburglar, not just Ronald, but we're also talking um, like tier two ones like Birdie the Bird. Yeah, and there was and, a fucking um, pirate and like a bunch of yeah, mops, yes. different colored mops. <laughs> there was a pirate, yeah. yes. Yeah, there was a pirate, a bunch of mops. We found out there was a professor. Um, anyway, Hing and I had such fun discussing it that in a fit of hubris, um, I said that if our Patreon gets to a certain level, we'll, we'll create a brand new podcast about it. Mm. And, um, you know, we're, we're not, we're not like at panic stations yet, Michael. Like, I mm. think, I think, our, I think I said 1500, our Patreon's at around 700. When we okay. get, I think when we, when we crack a thou, that's when I'm going to start actively discouraging people from supporting us. It's a rich <laughs> vine, that- man. I've heard some dark <laughs> shit about the origin story of Grimace. Like, hand on heart. Apparently, it's got some weird racial undertones and shit. It's very really? bad and very bleak. Wow. Yeah. Well, see, that's well, that, precisely that, uh, the sort of thing I don't want to spend any time interrogating. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this is a podcast where we go through the week's classifieds and find the best and worst things to talk about. Ben, uh, did you want to start with the snack report, though? I'll throw it to it because uh, even though I hate the snack report, you did earlier today say you really wanted to do one. Well, I wanted to do one for, t- for, for, for two reasons. One, because it's a snack that I don't believe I've ever really given enough credit to. And now saying that out loud, as soon as I started saying that sentence, I realized that I think I've spoken about it at least two occasions, possibly like in the past month. Um, but I have a caramel slice. Um, uh-huh. it's, just, it's just a delicious kind of regular cafe style caramel slice. And I wanted to bring it up for two reasons. One, because I think I'm starting to have a problem with caramel slices. Um in that I'm eating a caramel slice every single day around about this time. No, you're not. And if I, well, not like a whole tray of them. Just like, look, I'll hold it up to the webcam. It's about the size of half a deck of cards. That's yeah. not good. You know what I'm saying? That's, Daily? Yeah, that's... <laughs> it's well, entirely... I mean, what, what, what is in a caramel slice? It's like condensed milk, caramel, yep. I imagine, a chocolate yep. topping, and then a biscuit bottom. That's what it is. Well, he, here's every why single one I'm of those not... things is filled with sugar, Ben. Every sure. single one of those things is sure. 80 or 90% well, sugar. Here's, here's why I'm concerned about my, at the very least, right, if not my health, my attitude toward this delicious treat. Just before I started recording this, I was at the park uh, with my wife and my son. And um, my son Greg. ran kind of head. <laughs> Did you... Yeah, well, I'm boasting much. Um, my son ran headlong into another child and just sort of ate shit. Um, oh, and, oh, like... so M- Mo got fucked up by this other kid. Well, I think Mo fucked himself up trying to fuck up this other kid, if I'm fair. Like, I think the, <laughs> the blame rests solely on his shoulders here. Mm. And he just went down. This kid was like the juggernaut. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't move at all. Or is the juggernaut thing that it can't move? I no, mean, it can't the, stop the, moving. The juggernaut, my understanding is the juggernaut cannot be stopped. He is oh, he's yeah, unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was very much a stoppable force meeting a <laughs> an moving object. Well, which was <laughs> so Mo went down and I scooped him up and uh, and and calmed him down. And then Anya was like, give him here. And then while my back was turned, um, I was just chatting with some people at the park. She came back and Mo is grinning ear to ear and he's like no longer upset. And it was really great. And mm. I was like, oh, that's so nice. How did you do that? And she was like, oh, I gave him some of your caramel slice. And I literally said, <laughs> I was saving that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I actually kind of lost it. Like, I lost it temporarily. Just for like a second. But there was like a real flash in my eyes because I could see. You know what I mean? I could see it reflected in her face. Hey, for first time listeners, Ben, how old are you in human <laughs> earth years? I'm 33 years old. That is incredible to me. <laughs> <laughs> do you think your son do you think did I mean your son had no obviously had no understanding that his father was trying to save that caramel slice for later. He couldn't he couldn't possibly have comprehended that. Well that's surely. why I wasn't that wasn't that's why I wasn't annoyed at him, Michael. I was annoyed at my wife. <laughs> <laughs> is this gonna become a real like issue between you two? Is this is this a lasting thing? If anything, it's actually it's gonna be an issue, but in the opposite way than some people would think because I think Anya has every right to really hold this over you now and question who absolutely. she's decided sure. to spend her life with sure. and raise her kids with. Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I am, um, and I, you know, shameful as the, as the initial response was, uh, I backed down immediately. <laughs> um, <laughs> was, was, was extremely penitent. Offered, what do you want off- a fucking certificate, dude? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> offered, offered, what you do. offered even um, more of the flies to, to, to Moses. You know, 
potentially got performatively. You're more offered... slice than Moses. Yeah. Why would that have performatively. helped? <laughs> you know what I mean? I quite, quite... Well, because I wanted to say, no, no, he can have as much as he wants, you know? No, no, no. You know what? I don't actually need the whole slice. You know, I've, I've thought of, I was maybe I was out of I was out of line a little bit. Mo, if you want the slice, you can have it. It's no sweat off my back. It's all good. We'll just sit here, Moses, and you can eat the whole fucking thing. Is that what you want, Moses? Is that what you want, my son, Moses? Because you know I'm planning on running into somebody like a big fucking idiot later, and I guess I won't have any slice to calm me down. But that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's the reason, Ben. Definitely not because you oh. get cranky without your three p.m. daily caramel slice top up. Um, well, Ben, uh, if you keep up uh, that caramel slice habit, this mm. could be something you want to use. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably a bit too dark. Sorry about that. Uh, this is <laughs> from Mala, and it's free casket to a good owner. <laughs> okay. I will sell this for $500, or you can meet the stipulations. So, sorry, first sorry, of so, all, sorry, sorry. if you want a casket for $500, you can have it. Otherwise, right? there I, if... are stipulations. Okay. And you could meet those instead. Okay. Coffin. Free to a local vampire group in Houston. <laughs> That's the stipulation. Unless you are aware of or a member of a local club, do not contact me. I will need to research the group before I agree. It is a mid-70s casket, like new, used once for a family viewing. I have been using it as a coffee table for years. (laughs) Sturdy and heavy as shit. Serious supplies only. Please reread the posting stipulations. So I guess my first question has to be for for both of you. What is a local vampire group in or or out of Houston? Man, you would be hard pressed to find a vampire in the lone star state because maybe i'm basing this on tv and movies i've never been to texas but it looks like there's a lot of sunlight there and the one thing i know about vampires is they don't like that yeah where was the television series true blood set was that set set in in texas in uh louisiana i think okay definitely not not in definitely not in uh, uh but even still I don't. I just don't think the south of a, of a, of America is necessarily where I think of a thriving local vampire community, despite the runaway success of HBO's True Blood. Right. Where would you? What? What kind Transylvania, of Transylvania, Michael? Use? Transylvania is where I would imagine the state, it. the great state of Transylvania. <laughs> At the moment, interestingly, have a Republican governor, but a democratically <laughs> controlled state house. It would um, be fantastic, you know, during the conventions where they do the roll call of states, and it's like fucking <laughs> Ohio, <laughs> whatever, the Calamari state, or whatever, and they just can't do blah blah. One vote. Do you think that 18 votes? <laughs> do you think that the people of Transylvania have a real um, love-hate relationship with the estate of Bram Stoker? Because as far as I'm aware, he just kind of picked a name out of a fucking hat. Like, Is do you know what I mean? Is a real place? Is it a real place? Are you Are you kidding me? Okay, you know what? You know what? I was gonna I was gonna get all high and mighty about this, but but just this morning, I asked if Mongolia was still a place. So so I can't really get too high and mighty. <laughs> Um, so where 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 is Transylvania been? If you're such it's a fan, in Romania, then? Yeah. it's in it's Romania. Romania, right? Okay. Like, but okay. here's the thing: I don't think I could find Romania, much less Transylvania, on a map. <laughs> I'd say I'd point to the Balkans and be like that general area, but I wouldn't be able to confidently locate the 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 hometown of Dracula. It's kind of like us with Lord is- of the Rings. Is it though? Because that was going to be my oh. question. Because, like, in some ways, you're getting a lot of tourism dollar from that. But also, I imagine there's a little bit of, um, what's the emotion we're looking for there? Resentment or? um... It's definitely resentment. Yeah, absolutely. Both at ourselves and at the (laughs) tourism industry, which is fueling any kind of GDP growth we get quarter on quarter here. Because, like. I don't really associate New Zealand with The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings outside of a film production context though like obviously it was really? where the place it was it was where it was filmed hey what other con- new zealand like, sorry 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 Michael. being like in that yeah, outside sorry. of a film production context what other context is there like nobody well, the actually novel, thinks middle books. earth is there no the, I, i'm just saying 
I'm just saying that, like, I, I as an intelligent adult, well, as can an adult, separate the fact. To, well, okay, can separate the <laughs> fact that you know, Lord of the Rings was filmed in New Zealand from the idea that I would sort of call New Zealand as hobbits or something. Like, I, I, in the same, I think it's fundamentally different from Transylvania, where it's How not so? so much. It's not so much that the Dracula film or whatever was, or the book was written in Transylvania. It's that the book, the book supposes, the premise of the book is that Transylvania is is ruled over by a, a Dracula, a vampire of sorts. So it, it actually speaks to this the outside so world, the national character, this... their idea of the national Can character of Transylvania. Have you have you read? Have you read? There's no shame here. Have you have you have you have you for question number one, Michael? Have you read Dracula? Uh, I I think I I studied it in year eleven, which means okay. I'd never read it. Question number two: <laughs> You saw the movie, yeah. What do you suppose the plot of Dracula is? It's um, it's it's you know there's there's this vampire hunter or something, and he goes <laughs> to an old castle, and then I think there's a lady called Mina, and she's also there. I'm um, you, are, you are looking. I can see you. You're looking at your computer screen. Like, <laughs> how did you think you could pull this off with a webcam trained on you? And, and look, I, I will say, I will say, all right, fine. I'll, I'll off the cuff here. I assume it is a book that was written in 1796. <laughs> and, and somehow it's never, it says, it, it, it says here, I mean, it, I, I know that it's never been out of it's print. It's in my brain. I read for a book. Um, I, I don't remember a lot of the plot of Dracula, the original book. But um, mm -hmm. for the additional source materials we could use for our English class in year 11, we mm -hmm. were allowed to use um, the Leslie Nielsen, I think, film, Dracula, uh, Dead, Dracula and Loving Dead and Loving It. it. Yeah, Mel Brooks. Um, Mel Brooks film. So With Leslie um, Nielsen in I, I, I'm yes. kind of aware of that more. Do you know that um, I remember when I first watched Dracula Dead and Loving It, I was probably 10 or 11, and I actually could not fathom that a movie could be that funny. Like, wow. I like, I remember having like a weird kind of out of body experience being like, how can they keep it's hit after hit after hit? I remember and, having a slightly different experience watching that as a, as a young boy. I remember being like, and look, this is a bit of probably a bit of TMI, but I remember being incredibly horny watching that film. It was, then, it was, cause there, there's some quite horny parts Le in it. Leslie and, Nielsen and, is a, is a silver fox. Uh, no, as first no, of all, I want to be clear. It wasn't it wasn't Leslie Nielsen and it wasn't the man eating bugs. They, they, these were not things that I found yeah. horny. There was some other horniness there, in there. Ass, I remember that because I was also of the age where like I was kind of embarrassed to be watching those scenes with my parents. But there, yeah, there's mm. scenes where like the ladies kind of pour at Renfield and they look all sexy. I recall this too. Formative, I would say. Yeah, and I yeah, and now have I grown up now with a, a fantasy of me wanting to be taken by vampire women. I mean, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. look, how how could I even... Can I beg of I you to even... stop talking? Can I can I interject here to beg of you to stop talking? Well, how could I... Ben, how could I even have that happen? How could mm -hmm, I even... Um, mm -hmm. How could I even possibly arrange that as an occasion unless mm -hmm. I was part of a local vampire group? That's right? true. And you'd need so, a kind of coffin and... for you to hide in and or for them to hide in and then to leap out. And then point at your bone. Which brings me back to your original question: What is a local vampire group? I think it's a secret sex party. That's yeah. my that's my well, big as, understanding of what it is. As with so yeah. many things online and in this podcast, um, I do think this comes back to swingers. I think, unfortunately, a lot of roads do lead to swingers. Um, <laughs> but like, what is the utility of a coffin in that context? Because, in I mean, a I'm going purely on the statistical information. Mm. Texans are big people. <laughs> a coffin is designed for one moderately sized person. Well, hang on a what sec. What sort of sexual acts you gone? Hang on a sec. Uh, mm. You've said that Texans are a big, a big people, so therefore mm. a Texan coffin would reflect that. Probably, probably. Yeah. Although maybe people were skinnier in the seventies because it's a mid seventies casket, like new. Possibly, possibly. I do wonder if I, I. Well, you could even just have it as a prop. No one has to go in the coffin. You can just sort of look at it. You can and, look at you it know, and jerk off. <laughs> I actually I, think the the person who's got it as a coffee table. We're all looking at them being like, "That's so morbid. That's awful. This is the complete wrong way." No, they've got it right. We're all the fucking idiots. I've never <laughs> understood why we get this hard to biodegrade box that's like varnished with poison and put it in the dirt with a mm -hmm. bunch of other boxes 
Chuck mm. us in cardboard, eh? How do you want to go? How do you want to go? Fire me at the sun. Fire me at the sun. I want it to be so expensive and make no sense. <laughs> I want to be fired at the sun by a Just rocket. You're making an environmental argument against the use of coffins, but you want to be fired at launch velocity, at escape velocity away from the earth into the sun. Well, no, no, he said at Hang, the sun. Here's what you're forgetting. Technically, I could just catapult him, sort of, you know. And this is what I want. I want the world's largest trebuchet, which mm-hmm. can not only hoist me into out of orbit, but other bodies <laughs> as well. Reusable. I mean, that, say what you will about trebuchets. They really are carbon neutral. Once you've made it, I mean, it costs nothing to fire, you know? That's true. Exactly. Um, did I tell you, Tim, that? I probably haven't, but I once went to a funeral of, like, this uh, – this comedy guy who was like a big comedy guy in the eighties here and kind of gave a lot of people their starts, um, co-founded the Melbourne comedy festival, um, that sort of thing. And, uh, so at his funeral, it was like a lot of comedians there and we, um, we shot him out of a cannon into the Pacific ocean. Truly. Yeah. But I mean, it was, it was like a lot of his ashes. It wasn't like his corpse. But, um... Oh, right. I genuinely, like, I was, I'm quite a visual person. I was with you. I was surrounded by a lot of, like, ill-fitting suits from, um, I don't know what the Australian equivalent of Hallenstein's is. Lowe's. Are Hallenstein's? Lowe's. Okay, Lowe's. Lo- yeah. Some, a lot of low suits, a lot of people not earning enough to like get proper dress shoes, just trying their best to put on what's yep. appropriate for they've a funeral. Got, and then a corpse. <laughs> A corpse kind of being projected, but not completely well out of a cannon and then just falling into some water. I don't know. I think legally, is that allowed? Legally, would you be legally? Do you have to burn the corpse into ashes before you can fire it into the ocean? Apparently, they weren't even allowed to um to fire the ashes into the ocean. But yeah, um, but their 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 thinking was, what are you what are you going to do? Arrest <laughs> the ashes. Good luck. Um, I don't know if I've told the story on the podcast. I doubt I have. But at that funeral, um had one of the most surreal and incredible comedy moments of my life where everybody was giving eulogies to this guy and like his, his family were there who were just like normal people. And then it was like a bunch of like generations and generations of comedy people all the way up to like people who were there, like who were in their seventies and eighties. And um, so like after a couple of nice eulogies from his family and like one or two nice eulogies from comics, this, um, this comedian called Rod Quantock gets up um, and goes like, do you know what? Um, I uh, I think John would be absolutely disgusted by this. This is all far too civil. So I'll say it. John was a cheap bastard. And everybody laughs and like claps. And then another comic is like, yeah, real talentless hack. And then everybody laughs and claps. And then another comic who has not read The Room um, and is like probably the drunkest I've ever seen a person goes, yeah, he was a pedophile. <laughs> and the room goes completely silent except for me and Jordan Roscopoulos at the back who laughs so hard that we have to leave. <laughs> oh man. It was honestly one of the greatest moments of my life. Fuck that's good. <laughs> Heckling someone at their funeral as a pedophile oh. as a joke is incredible. It's just incredible equipment to a bit. Um uh Tim, do you have one you want to share with the class? I'd love to actually. Let me rip into um, Ned here from uh, Auckland Craigslist. I'm with Titanic Truths, capitalized, I hasten to add. This isn't in the ad. I'm telling you what the punctuation is on the page. Both oh, okay. T's are capitalized. Oh, so we think okay, this is it's some an organization. Sort of potentially mm. vampire adjacent. It could be. I'm with Titanic Truths in the US, and I've heard reports that a model of Titanic may be housed at an amusement house, I assume it's supposed to be housed, may be housed at an amusement park there in NZ. I would like to know if this is true and where it is located. There is a possibility <laughs> that the model may be of some significance, and we were, we would like to either confirm or debunk these ideas. These ideas? If anyone has any information, please email Thanks. Okay, so first wow. of all, Tim Bat, New Zealand's uh, own comedy son, are you aware of any theme park in New Zealand that has a model of the Titanic? Oh, oh, by the go way, to South Auckland. By the way, that was sent in by Hannah Burgess, Hall of Cowards MVP, Hannah Burgess. Thank you very much. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Hannah. There is a um, theme park which uh, should be condemned, to be honest, and has been by the general public, but not by the authorities who can genuinely shut it down, called Rainbow's End, um, which has been around for time immemorial here in God's own. I think God created the Kiwi and then he was like, this little stupid bird that can't fly has got to have something to do. I'm going to make a very dangerous theme park for it. And it's got a ship in it that, like, 
it's just a big rocking ship. You sit on the ship and it rocks to and fro. Like a pirate ship. Right yeah. on a, on, a, on one swivel, like a, like it's a clock, like the hands of a clock, right? Like a pendulum. You it's got a pendulum it. Pendulum is what I'm, what is, I'm trying to. It's about. a it's a pendulum they've painted to look like a pirate ship. That's exactly uh-huh. it. That is right. the closest thing I can think of to being a uh, model of the Titanic that could be of some significance <laughs> at a New Zealand theme park. What could that even mean? Like, if, what what well, model so, would need to exist of the Titanic? We, we what need, is it proving or disproving? Well, we'd need um, the podcast's Titanic um, expert, Carlo Ritchie, to to properly engage with that. But in uh, without him, I think one of the conspiracy theories around the Titanic is that the Titanic didn't sink at all. That the Titanic. Yeah, I've talked to him at length about this, <laughs> okay. and I love it. I love bringing it up, and I love hearing what he has to say. <laughs> so, can you what explain you this theory to me? Sink. Because I tend to yeah. just completely tune out. I'll be honest. <laughs> So, um, okay, I, I have to preface this by saying I'm devastatingly hungover and exhausted. I've done four gigs this weekend, stand-up gigs, <laughs> after doing no stand-up for three months. And I, like, celebrated after the Friday night by getting plastered and then had to do a repeat on Saturday. And now I am a shell of a man. So I'll try mm-hmm. and continue piecing uh, the mm-hmm. details together. There was mm-hmm. a, a sister ship to the Titanic that was made at the same time. So the story goes, and Carlo Ritchie has done his research on this, uh, J.P. Morgan, I think potentially the world's richest man at the time, uh, concocted a kind of insurance scheme by um, sending the sister ship out and convincing everyone it was the Titanic and which, sinking it and made a I tremendous assume, amount of money. So I assume the reason he did this, by the way, I just remembered we danced around this the last time we had you on the podcast, but didn't get into it. So I'm very glad that we've actually managed to, to pin this down. <laughs> So am I to understand that the reason that he did the decoy ships is because the payout on the Titanic would be higher? Because obviously if any ship... I can't it, remember that, but... So yeah. I think... The, I, I think oh, that no, fuck, I remember. I remember. It was switched with another ship called the RMS Olympic. I think I remember that the, from Carlos. The Olympic um, was struck by a naval vessel. And the Navy was never going to pay out for the damages. So we had one defective damaged ship and one perfectly fine ship. So they did a switcheroo to sink the one that had already sustained massive damage because okay. he knew it was going to fuck out at some point anyway. So hear me out here. Wow. You're, you're JP Morgan, the world's richest man. You've pulled sure off am. the insurance heist of the century and there's one loose end you've got to tie up. Where do you put the actual Titanic? The Titanic that didn't sink. What well, I guess you get a shrinking ray and then move it to New Zealand, obviously. Yeah, obviously. we don't know that the model is small. Models this don't could have be to be a one smaller. to one scale. Be a one to one. So you get on the blower to the worst theme park in the world and you say, would you like yeah. a model of the Titanic that went down? Did you hear about that? Very sad. Would you like a model of it? Ship it off. Never heard from again. Do you think this that's what they're how... trying to confirm or deny? 1,000%, because that is literally the best place you could put it. It is a combination of hiding something in plain sight exactly. and that it is surrounded by the public at all times so you don't think of anything of it. But it's also in the fucking asshole end of the – it's in New Zealand. <laughs> no one's going to think to look there. you kidding me? It's the same – Especially 100 years ago. Well, exactly. Yeah. All right. I think we're onto something here. And also, it being a model is, is the perfect crime. Because people are like, well, look, this is actually the Titanic. You're like, yeah, I know. It's a really good model. It's like, no, no, no. But the fixtures and fittings are like, yeah, it's a really, really good model. Great job. I hear you. The model makers really nailed it. I will pass on your congratulations to the model makers. I think we've cracked it, guys. I think we've absolutely cracked it. All right. Um, well, I'll make sure that I email back um, that poster on Craigslist. So thanks, Hannah, for for connecting the dots there between (laughs) us and them and Titanic (laughs) truths in the U.S. Ben, do you have one for us? I do. Um, uh, this is uh, this is taken from Craigslist, and it's taken from the Brooklyn area, and it's called "Looking for a big muscular person to insult my artwork online." Hell I... yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell of I... a kink. I it's it, this is in some ways I think worse than this being a kink. I am an artist and writer currently working on a joke that goes something like, I used to say I was my own biggest critic. Then this guy came along. 
and then I post a screen cap of your social media profile, name and info blurred, unless you have a public facing account, aggressively insulting my work with a picture of you and a copy of my latest book. Either Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter would be great. I'll write some material for you to post. You can adjust it to make it sound like you. Uh, it would be very specific criticism about the nuances of comic book coloring, which may seem out of place in the rest of your timeline. Just a heads up. Blah, 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 wow. blah. Yes, I'm orchestrating this whole thing for a single joke on the internet. I've done it before and I'll do it again. Thank you. This isn't a joke. Conan O'Brien. Wow. <laughs> this is like a, this, this is like a, um, this is a false flag operation. This is, this, this is, is a comedic false flag. I am so angry about this. <laughs> Why the fuck would you think that you have to live out a comedic premise to tell it on stage? Exactly. What? what oh, sorry. What, this, by, the way, by the way, I missed some admin. He'll get a copy of the book. If you want to do this, Tim Bat, you'll get a copy of the book and $25 um, upon completion of the post. Ooh. I'm so angry. That's the thing. I don't I, know why this has made me so viscerally pissed off, but just like you've you've completely misread <laughs> how said we don't fuck. Oh, I'm so mad and hungover. I mean, we've God all been, damn it. We've all been doing stand up for I mean, all comedy in some way or the other for quite a while. Has anybody ever asked you for receipts on the story that you've told on stage? I think maybe that's why I'm getting so angry. Thank you, Ben, for kind of like <laughs> digging around and unpacking this. It's because I think we all, even if it's implicit sign up to the social contract that the audience is going to a show to be entertained and perhaps some stories may have been embellished. Yeah. And the comedians in turn know that they have a responsibility to on occasion embellish real world events mm -hmm. for entertainment value. And the fact that now this see that, motherfucker now that premise makes my blood go, boil. I don't go to a comedy club to be lied to, Tim Bat. If he's going to all this trouble, though, because you can very easily just like, he's scripting this, so he knows what it wants, he wants it to say. He could very mm. easily just mock this up himself, right? So what do you Which think? But the, the problem is, if you use stock images, Ben, you get caught. People well, are like, is, oh, really? Who told you to get fuck, fuck, who told you to get fuck off? Is it this, the, is this, it this is person thing. who's also in this ad for cornflakes? See, in, in his <laughs> mind, in his mind, I think that's what he thinks the audience is going to be thinking. So I reckon his bit is going to be like, well, I used to think I was my own bitter critic. Then this guy came along, posted up there, right? It's him. It's somebody mm. saying, hey, go suck a fuck. Your, your coloring's really bad or whatever. And then he goes, and look at the guy, clicks on his profile and goes, he's muscular. And then goes, and I'll just run that through reverse Google image search. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> a $25 plus book stitch up to potentially ruin a person's life who's trying to do you a solid. That's cooked. But he's like, you know, and I'll just also like have a look at, say, you can scroll here and you can see that he's posted other things. So he's not just a sock puppet account, if that's what you're concerned about. You know, get him on the phone. What's that? Get him on the phone. All right, I'll call him up then. Because also, like, going to this length is more suspect than lying. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, there's there's something psychologically off. Also, I, I would argue that like maybe this is bougie, but twenty five dollars seems like not enough money for this much shit to do. Well, also this guy mm. seems like he's going to be incredibly fucking needy. Like I think there'd be twenty five dollars yeah. in emotional labor right there, at least. Well, yes, I'm interested in knowing because does does he say in the ad that the criticism will be very specific? What's the wording there, Tim? He says I'll write he's, some he's, material. He says, he says I'll write I will it. write some material for you to post. You can adjust it to sound more like your own words. Right. Okay. okay. It will be very specific criticism about the nuances of comic book coloring. Yeah, this is really oh, pissing me off, guys. Yeah, that's actually, now it's getting set because now I'm thinking of who this person is. You know, I'm building a bit more of a picture in my head and mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's bleak on a number of levels, but the one I want to pay particular attention to is that he's like, I know that it, this is going to be worth the payoff and everyone is going to get my very specific self-generated, however, slightly augmented critique of my comic book drawing style. Yeah. And this is what's going to launch me as a star. You know, so this is, yeah. there's a lot going on here, right? I think that this guy is obviously insecure on some level about his comic book coloring ability. And what he's doing to cover that up is trying to get, he's like, if I orchestrate the insults first, then if 
you then later on criticize my coloring um, style in this comic book where I've made everyone blue or some shit, yeah. right? And everyone's going to be annoyed that, that Captain America is is blue skinned or something, mm-hmm, whatever the mm-hmm, fuck. Mm-hmm. And if you get if you get on board and criticize me, you'll actually be publicly teaming up with this very muscular person over here who I've already <laughs> slammed. You know, I've, I've already I've already I've already let the cat out of the bag oh, with this. Fuck. Do, do, you know you, do you want to associate me? With, do you I want think... to associate with this man? I think that's the second part of this. Um... I think that's the second part of this thing. I think he's setting himself up for an alley-oop. I think he's asking this guy to do like a really specific bit of wording, which he's going to like, which he's got a retort for. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like he's going to, he's going to be like, it's like a Les Wynan situation is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> also, could you change your social media name <laughs> to, to Les Wynan from Enos? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable! Wow. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure if you if you tuned in like if you can rewind the podcast about 25 seconds and really turn the volume up, you will hear the gears turning on three comedians trying to think of a comic book artist's name that they could generate a pun out of. <laughs> yep. I couldn't even get the first bit of that, man. Yep. Not in my wheelhouse. I've got like a bookcase behind me, and I was like really squinting to see if I could see any comic books on it. How how do you get bad at color like art style I get but bad at comic book coloring? Yeah. Am I just totally out of the loop on how the the oh, art form uh, works or is no, that hard thing to be bad at? Yeah, please don't There are colorists. That's their entire job yeah, is just guy. coloring in the bits. <laughs> yeah, email guy. <laughs> <laughs> leave leave me the person who brought it up yeah. out of this. Yeah, but email guy. <laughs> Let's do that because he's Satan's own podcaster. <laughs> Fucking a. Let's get it started. It would be really good. I have, can we give out Guy's email address on air just so that all complaints in the future are forwarded to him? That's a guy, funny bit, guy isn't it? Guy tried to give out his home address on air the other day, and I had to, I had to bleep it out for his own good. Um, hey, guys, do you want one more to take us home? Do you want one more to take us home? This is I'd from, love to hear it. This is from Perth Marketplace on Facebook, and it is 90 Australian dollars, and it is Celebrity okay. Ventriloquist Doll. And um, looking at it, it's just like a it's, a it's a ventriloquist doll in a in a package that's kind of see through, um, oh. and it says opened once, never again. Want it gone asap. No negotiations. DM for pickup details and other information. <laughs> that's been said in by Alison Obzanski. Thank you, Alison. Thank you, Alison. Um, wow. Okay, so. So, so uh, can, sorry, can I just drill down? Because there's three possibilities for a celebrity ventriloquist dummy. I'm so Number glad one, you that it is a dummy of a celebrity. Mm-hmm, number two, mm-hmm. that it is a dummy formerly owned by a celebrity. Or mm-hmm. number three, that the doll itself, for some reason, is itself a celebrity. Okay, so looking at – because the photos aren't great, but one of them I can kind of see the face of the dummy. The, I mean, look – I'm I'm ruling out option two that this was like Kevin Spacey's. But why did I pick someone who's a rapist? I could have done. There was... Weirdly, I, I I don't know why as well. But I just started watching again before I clicked onto you guys. Um, <laughs> his fucking weird ass Christmas Eve. Oh yeah. Video that he made out when oh, the allegations came out, and he's yeah. and he's like, you know what will solve this? So Me crazy. being Frank Underwood to an iPhone scripted myself to suggest I absolutely did it, and if I ever go. Before for a jury of my peers, they will lock me up for life. Do you know what's Fucking also bizarre? Creepy. One of the one of the most incredible things about that is if you actually look at it, there's definitely a sound operator. There's definitely like a set dresser. Like there are yes. at least right. three people in the room with him in order to make that, and none of them felt empowered to be like, "Hey, man, <laughs> are you sure this is really?" So anyway, look, it's 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 possible. That it's Kevin Spacey's ventriloquist dummy, right? Or let's just I like that I we're with so. Kevin Spacey. I like you haven't moved on. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't. A real option for you to pick another name there, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't think that's particularly likely. I don't. It's it's definitely not the first thing. It's not a recognizable celebrity. It's not like a. Now I can think of Tom Hanks. Doesn't look like Tom Hanks. It could be looking at it. It's kind of like a classic ventriloquist doll. Well, that's the like thing. a um, like a. Why Gabo did you pick two pedophiles? <laughs> Shout out to all our QAnon crossover <laughs> audience. 
So yeah, I would say that it's possibly a famous, a famous ventriloquist dummy. In that it just looks like the, you know, Pictionary version draw a ventriloquist dummy. It's got slicked down, um, uh, black hair, big rosy cheeks, yeah. huge smile, penciled sort of um, uh, eyebrows. If you close your eyes, think of a dummy. It's that one. It um, kind of looks like Jimmy Carr, actually, which makes me think that either Jimmy Carr is a—I mean, I'm sure this has been this has been probably been said before—but is it possible Jimmy Carr is a ventriloquist dummy brought to life, or do you think because he says quite like he says quite like risque, nasty things about people? Sure. Do you think part of the comedic, um, like the comedic, uh, I guess, theory of what makes Jimmy Carr funny is that he looks a little bit like a doll? And the back of can, your head, you're like, the doll shouldn't be saying that. Can we go for three for three famous pedophiles and suggest that Jimmy Savile is actually controlling Jimmy Carr? Wow. Wow. Well, I, I, I mean, personally, I don't know why this podcast has become like pedophile central this episode. I never yeah, this, intended this episode, this, this episode will be titled The Following People Are Rumored to Be Pedophiles. <laughs> Uh, but, um, but so yeah, I... let's get back to this. Opened once, never again, which suggests that either <laughs> really got me. Someone opened this and was like, "Oh, this, this." They've used it once, me like, "No, this isn't for me." I was an idiot. I thought, I thought I'd be, I thought I could do it, but I just don't have the stones. I should have learned when I was a kid. No, I, because these old hands want... can't operate the hand anymore. No, well, that's possible. <laughs> that's that's that is possible. But I want you to the follow up, the follow up sentence. Open once, never again. Want it gone ASAP. Does to me suggest. Does to me suggest that it wasn't that he was bad at it, unless unless he was so bad at it that he wants it out of the house because it's an enduring monument to his failure as a ventriloquist. And like, oh, do you think? Do you think this this guy, this man, um, and you can see from the the profile photo that's a man put his hand into the doll. The doll took over. He said some horrifying things he can't take back. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, I, this, the power, the power that is wielded. <laughs> this is this my thinking. This is my, this is my exact thinking. I, Holy wow. shit. Do you think that ventriloquism might make like a late return it now already has, in man. 2021? Dude, has it dude the most, the most, I would say probably in the top five most successful comedians on the planet, one of them is a ventriloquist. There is mm. who, who have I met? Who is it? That guy who does the the terrorist puppet, Ahmed the dead terrorist, and um, his name what's is his name? Jay, Str- Straussman, maybe. I think no, no, but Straussman no, is Jeff, still touring. Jeff Dunham. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Dunham. Dunham. It Jeff is Dunham. insane. Oh right, to yeah, me. of course, yeah. It is insane to me that ventriloquism is still a thing. It was like ventriloquism to me was like when people were like that trains that train's coming out of the screen going to kill us stupid. You know what I mean? Are you saying you've never seen a ventriloquist act and like lost your fucking mind? Cause I definitely have. I have I've lost my mind of ventriloquism before. I am not a clever man. I'm willing to absolutely wear that, but I have never lost my mind over ventriloquist act. Ventriloquism. What? No, not even. I feel like in, in the early, in the mid two thousands, maybe, maybe the late two thousands, I saw a British ventriloquist by the name of, Nina Conti, I think. Yep, that's her name. And I remember going, I remember going in, in incredibly cynical. And I remember going like, oh, ventriloquism, this is going to be a lot of wank. And then walking up being like, well, that's the greatest art form of all time. <laughs> Hing, Hing, <laughs> Who you cares are about so, anything else? You are so easily swayed. You are so Hing? easily swayed by this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, have you? So, Tim, have you never shared a bill with a ventriloquist? Absolutely not. I, I, I won't stand for it. We had <laughs> Stressman on TV in New Zealand for like, I want to say about eight years. He just kept like saying he was going and then coming back with a slightly rebranded show. And I can't even like, it was a weird line of ventriloquism is usually your ticket to say incredibly outrageous stuff because you are relegating the responsibility of the words to this external <laughs> force that has to, you yeah. know, be a no consequence. It's, it's, but but we all Stressman agree. was 
is a, is a different person that has its own mind. <laughs> yeah, it's a, well, once again, it comes back to the social contract thing, which is a horrible, like, tool for just <laughs> essentially uh, um, laundering hate speech on stage <laughs> in the wrong hands, which is why I'm worried about it coming back now because I feel like with this alt-right takeoff that's happening at the moment, one of those fuckers is going to figure this out and become yeah. a really successful ventriloquist act. But we had Strassman on who, like, was just okay at ventriloquism like he was fine not the world's greatest but also his comedy was pretty it had to be pretty broad and not that blue because it was on tv so it was just kind of nothing but it was good enough for new zealand to keep paying for it for a decade (laughs) it was sort of uh, adding an extra superfluous step you know what i mean like yeah i know yeah i am yeah i worry about that too because i feel like maybe people will try and you know get get ahead of being cancelled by having a ventriloquist dummy because I, I think that'll like just buy you a little bit of time. <laughs> like, they, That's what Kevin Spacey should have done. <laughs> he should have reinvented his career as a ventriloquist. I feel I love the idea of somebody like buying themselves like a week where like everyone's like I can't believe that puppet said that and then like there's that Twitter storm for like a week cancelling <laughs> the puppet and then someone's like we're having the wrong conversation guys. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Hey, what are you looking up? You Actually, look like you are puppets so only say sensitive things when they're distressed, guys. So please, <laughs> all right, please. Tim Bat, it's been such a joy having you on. Uh, what a what a guy, what a person. Um, it's great to be here. It um, truly is. Tim, are you making anything at the moment that people can check out? Doing the worst idea of all time with um, a person you may have heard of called Guy Montgomery. Not, We're not uh, back for our. <laughs> We're back for our fifth season. Um, previously, we have watched and reviewed the same movie every week for a year. Um, but this time we're changing it up and we're watching the entire back catalogue of Emmanuel softcore pornography films because there's over 50 of them. And these are like French films that like started out potentially with artistic aspirations or... Started French and started good and quickly became neither of those things. So um, wow. we're almost up to the point where Emmanuel, uh, the franchise goes to space and I I cannot wait. It's going to be sensational. We've also, we've got um, a, a Patreon and we're doing some, uh, we're doing an exclusive locked off podcast series on there because we feel like if it's in the general public, we'll um, potentially be brought in front of a court of our peers sure. um, called Killionaire. And the, the premise is we're trying to create the world's first trillionaire uh, to murder them as a symbol. <laughs> and our sights are firmly set on a Mr. Jeff Bezos because he's currently the closest okay. to the finish line. So we want to accelerate his wealth to get him to a trillion as quick as possible have, and then construct the guillotine. Have you considered having just a couple of puppets as buffers legally uh, in case <laughs> the, the courts come after you? Because also I was this thinking, is very good. Yeah, if you give that puppet a puppet, that's another kind of. That's just another. I mean, oh, Jordan's puppets all the way down. <laughs> Come get me, lawyers. Fight with your best shot. I mean, you that- nothing but dummies. <laughs> I have been ring fenced by a series <laughs> of <laughs> anti-articulated puppets. <laughs> Do you know, I feel like in the Trump era, all bets are off, and this might be a legitimate legal defense now <laughs> to just get a sequence of puppets to shield yourself legally from libel and. Lander. This is the thing. I I can't believe in my in my fraudulent Senate campaign I ran a year ago. I cannot believe that I didn't think to be a ventriloquist during that. That would that would have undoubtedly I would have been elected. Undoubtedly, you had a lot of balls in the year. You did well. As, yeah. oh, you did really well, man. But let's not let's not really get fucking that. infuriated. Um, mm. if you um if you want more of this um bullshit or uh just want to support us, uh, you can go to our Patreon. You don't have to listen to the bonus episodes if you if this if what we put out to the general public is sort of filling your bullshit quotient to the brim. Um, it's a self-loathing <laughs> plug. <laughs> if you want, I don't know. Fuck. Um, if you if you if you despise yourself enough to give us money, well, who are we to stop you? Mm. Uh, Legally, we can't. Legally, we can't stop you giving us money, and uh, ev- and we're about seven hundred dollars of the way through to our Patreon goal of about fifteen hundred to um <laughs> do a deep dive into uh, the MTU into the McDonald's which, Land universe. <laughs> yeah, the McDonald's Land cinematic universe, which I think we decided would involve us watching um uh some of like the whole of the of the new rebooted McDonald's Land series. Um, which Hing, when we um. I don't know. If, I, I didn't listen to you the first time, but when I was playing back that episode, I realized there are six seasons of that. So, 
there's a again, lot. There's a lot. Again, mm. if you're a little strapped for cash, don't worry about it at just this second. Um, <laughs> but Tim Bat, lovely having you as always. Uh, Michael Hing, have you got something fun planned for this week? Uh, do I? Uh, just, um, you know, just the, the, the grind of the radio show. It just keeps mm-hmm. on going mm-hmm. and um, it never ends trying to fill, you oh know, <laughs> 12 to 15 hours of week. Uh, of radio a week when there is nothing happening in the world. You love to be on air being like, anyway, what about this? <laughs> just shoveling content into the maw of the monster that eats time. Uh, Would you have actually, me on actually, to talk no about how we could murder Jeff Bezos? <laughs> well, legally, it's a little uh, yeah, picky, but we'd have a what, puppet what I, on potentially. Nice. What I am uh, doing this week is uh, we set up um, a recording uh, I've been. I think I mentioned this previously on an episode. I've been reading out um, excerpts from my teenage diary on the radio, and uh, this week I'm pitching that to the ABC as a television series. Um, and you know, we'll see how that goes. I, ma- I imagine they'll love it. I imagine they'll love it. But uh, we have we have um, got got meetings with some executives, and I think it'll be funny. I Excellent. think it will be. I think I- the pitch will be funny. I did catch a video on Facebook of you reading about a, a, a love triangle you were involved in when you were like 13 or 14, and that was bleak as shit, man. That is some good-ass content. Yeah. That's oh, off yeah. to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, until next week, bye. Bye. If you like pina coladas Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.